Hey everyone, it's Marilyn Alori and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. How are you doing? So I'm going to share some stories today and then we're going to go in and we're going to do a major arcana tower reading for everyone. So I want everybody to benefit from this reading. But I want to start off with the stories because we are going to probably move into the reading in regards to the stories that I share with you. And I'm trusting that they're going to be relatable, you're going to get something from them, and you're going to understand them. And uh, so it'll be a lot of fun and we'll talk about tarot in a minute. Before I do that, I want to thank Aunt Moyne, I believe it is, for her beautiful um, review on my podcast. Thank you so much. And Thank you just everyone for the support and the rating, reviewing, and share, 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 share if you feel like sharing it. Okay, so I'm going to spray my throat chakra because I could feel it getting a little like, Wah. so I sprayed myself with uh, rose water. You can buy rose water, but now I make my own with water and uh, rose oil and I put it in. And I know sometimes people say it doesn't mix like you need something else, but it mixes for me and it's great. And I'll spray my hands or um, like my throat chakra was feeling a little cramped up right there. I'm going to crump cramps up it means like because i'm going to share a very vulnerable story when it cramps up it means like okay let's open it let's breathe let's get it going um so i want to share this story with you i haven't like written anything down i'm just gonna share it as it comes out and then like i said i want to move into this powerful tarot reading and if any of you are interested in my tarot class you could go to marilynaloria.com forward slash tarot and put in the coupon code podcast and you're going to be like, holy mackerel, she's giving us that much off. And you can purchase this amazing class because when I started studying tarot, I studied with a woman who was the president of the Tarot Association at the time. And she was super smart, but she taught us so specific that I couldn't use my intuition when I was reading the cards with her. So I had to pull back from everything I learned and start putting my intuition into it. And then I created a class called Tarot for Your Soul, which combines the two, the symbols, the meanings, and also your intuition, using your soul to answer these questions. Okay, so um, I've been very open and blunt about my own therapy journey. And I really want to thank um, one of the podcasts I used to listen to was uh, My Favorite Murder. And they talked a lot about their therapist and it started reminding me about my own therapy and, and, you know, I'd been looking for a therapist ever since I moved up to Northern California and I had the passing of my father and my ex and just a lot of things went on and I was like, Eesh, I need something I could feel, I need something. And there's nothing wrong when we um, are going through life and we feel like we need additional support or extra support. It doesn't mean that we're weak. It means that we need extra support to help us see things that we're not seeing. So I went through a couple of different people and I couldn't find the right fit. And then I started doing some EMDR therapy, which I thought was really great. But we ended on Tuesday because it could just go just so far. And there was a couple of topics that I was really wanting to dive deep in that I could not see myself what was holding me back from opening up that door, opening up into that area. And I was like, I need more help. I wasn't ready to just say, okay, we did enough. And um, uh, what was suggested to me was maybe I didn't want it. And I was like, no, I do want it. I just need someone to help me figure out why I'm not making it happen. So my doctor recommended this therapist to me and I called her and we had a conversation and I really liked the way that she presented herself. I've been through a lot of therapy to know how to interview therapists because I've had a lot of bad ones, which many of you have had, probably had, and I've had some good ones. And um, I had a really great therapist who taught me that one of the best questions you can ask another therapist, first, you want to know what they're trained in and things like that. But 
one of the best questions you can ask a therapist is, have you been in therapy yourself or are you in therapy yourself? And the way they answer is very interesting. And I believe I shared this before because I did that a while ago and some therapist like pretty much hung up the phone on me. Like, yeah, I went for the year that I was supposed to go or how dare you ask me that question? I was like, well, you're not the right one for me. I didn't need to ask this therapist that particular question because I could already tell she did a ton of stuff and um, she came highly recommended by my doctor and I trust my doctor. So we had a great conversation and I felt the need to have an appointment with her, which I'll tell you why. I don't know about any of you, but my anger has very much been at the surface lately and it's something that I'm not, I'm refusing to not shove down anymore, but I'm trying to get comfortable with it and trying to learn how to express myself and um, find a way to be in my power, in my voice with my anger as well. So I was on the tennis courts on Thursday. A lot of my stuff happens on the tennis courts. Tennis has taught me so much about my own uh, self because it's where you get into group games, you know, it, um, this one doesn't want to play with you. That one does want to play with you. You know, all this kind of nonsense that goes on. It could be very petty in my opinion. It could be very catty, gossipy, things that I don't really like to uh, subscribe to. Because in grammar school, it was like that for me. I was kind of on the outskirts. I was the poor kid. I was the kid from the divorce family. And um, I was the dirty kid. You know, the knees were always dirty because I was crawling around on the floor. I was the tomboy. My hair was always a mess, you know. And I went to this really strict Catholic school and... I just did not fit in and I had a mouth from day one in my life. So um, I, it reminds me of grammar school, you know, or even on my block, the catty girls, gossipy girls. When I got into high school, I met like great, great women and we are friends to this day and we have each other's back and we're loyal. So that's what I'm usually used to with friendships. So I was on the court Thursday playing and um, the other court was singles and our court was doubles and there was somebody waiting outside. And I was very aware of it. And I was like, I'm always like, my energy gets pulled in and I have to be careful of that, you know? And I'm like, oh, these people, they're waiting and stuff. I hope, you know, normally if I'm waiting for a court, if there's courts of full, I'll go up to the court and I'll go up to the people very nicely and I'll ask, how much longer are you playing? And they'll usually answer and some will be like, we're going to be done in 15 minutes. Others will be like, we just started. And then I just move on to the next public courts. I don't sit there and wait. I, I don't get into disagreements or arguments like, what time did you start? How many sets are you in? I don't do any of that stuff. Most of my friends don't either. We're just like, okay, we'll go to another court. So um, this woman was waiting and she asked the guys next to me and they said that we were there first, our stubbles. And we were there only five to 10 minutes before them. So I walked up to the gate because I'm always the one and I have to think about this. And I started telling her, you know, we, we came just five to 10 minutes before them and we only just finished, we only just finished and stuff. And I thought the rules were what my friend said on the court. She said the rules were you get to play two sets or you get 90 minutes on the court and singles have to relinquish first. So I was about to like try to explain it to her and I was not in a bitchy mood. I was not in an aggressive mood. And she turns to me and she goes, dial it back a bit. And I was like, in my head, like what? And I really had to calm myself down because I was going to go Brooklyn on her right then and there. Like, how dare you speak to me that way? And I was like shocked into submission. And then her daughter started saying, well, you're only allowed to play one set. And I'm like, so I called my, I'm not going to say names. I called my friend who I was playing with. Could you come over here? No one would come over. No one was helping me. It's always me and my mouth. And I just walked away. And I was like, I, I, I can't even have a conversation with this woman because I'm going to hit her. 
To be honest with you, that's the way I felt. And I wouldn't do that, of course. I would get mouthy. So the singles guys next to us invited them on to play with them. And um, I was furious. And there was a guy that I was playing with. We'll call him Frank. We'll call him Frank. And Frank is new to me. Frank hasn't played with me much. And it just happened like three weeks before that. These dogs came running down. to. They always come running into the park. And they cause this one dog is very aggressive and causes fights with my friend's dog, who's usually um, leashed up in the court, safe, but still the dog's on a leash and the other dog is off leash and comes outside the fence and starts trouble. I think this dog even tried to bite me once, but this dog is always causing trouble. That happened three weeks ago. And I got involved because I cannot stand any kind of dog stuff. It makes me very upset. And I told the dogs to back off, but I do it in a very strong, angry way because the dog that is aggressive needs to know to back up. I've worked with a trainer on this because it's happened and I know how to deal with it. The dogs were backing up. The owner starts yelling at me. And I was like, what? You know, and I was like, you know, your dogs need to be trained. And he starts yelling at me some more. And I said something nasty to him. I was like, no wonder why your dogs are like that. Now, I knew it as it was about to come out of my mouth. My head was like, don't say it, don't say it. But I was so angry. I said it. So um, Frank, we'll call him, was like, you know, you really don't know if he has a gun. You really shouldn't do that. I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. Don't lecture me. This guy is here all the time. I know he doesn't have a gun and their dogs cause trouble. So I walked away from Frank because Frank was the type of guy that doesn't like to ruffle feathers. He doesn't know me. So I felt bad. So I went to Frank and the other people in the middle after the set was over. And I said, look, I'm sorry that I lost my temper a little bit. I know we're here to have fun. And I apologize for my behavior. And I said, I'm just really sorry. I don't usually, I don't usually lash out like that. It takes a lot for me. I'll have the thoughts, but I usually keep it back. So fast forward this Thursday, the woman says to me, dial it back a bit. So I didn't say anything to her. My head stopped me and I walked over to the bench and I said, I'm going to go Brooklyn on this girl in about a second. And I was like, I can't believe she just said that to me. And I was furious. And Frank was like, oh, you know, like, and I have a hard time with people like that. Um, and the other guy was like, oh, I know who that is. And that's blah, blah, blah. And I was really annoyed. So it kind of got in the way of my, I was playing amazing. And it got in the way, that's my thing, got in the way of my mental state. So that was Thursday. And then I had a session with my th- the th- new therapist. I on Saturday. So I played, oh, I got the rules. Somebody sent me the rules and we were in the right actually. And um, so I hung up the rules on the court. I went back Friday and the woman who sent me the rules, um, she was on court with me and she said that something happened. But the girl, the woman's daughter who was nasty to me was on the next court. And I was not going to tell my friend the story in front of her daughter. I wasn't going to embarrass her. I I wasn't going to walk up to the daughter who was also in my face and say, here's the rules. I didn't do any of that because I thought that would be inappropriate. This is, you know, she's probably in her early 20s, late teens, and I wouldn't approach somebody's kid. So I said to my friend, I'll tell you the story later. I don't want to say it right now um, because I didn't want to embarrass the kid. You could tell she saw me and was like, oh, no. And I'm like, I'm I'm not that type of person who's going to cause trouble. So I hung up the rules. So Sunday, I go to the courts and I hang up more of the rules because I could only get it on one of the courts. And uh, Frank is there. And I'm telling my other friend the story about what happened because I'm still like irate about it, that somebody could speak to me like that. And I kind of held it in, right? I held the anger in. That's on me. This has nothing to do with any of these people. This is 
all about me. Trust me, I know. But I am very expressive. I'm very talkative. I'm very direct. I'm very honest. I'm very communicative. And I have a hard time swallowing anything. And if I don't release it, then it bubbles up inside of me. And I have to, you know, I rode the Peloton twice Friday. I played tennis Friday night. You know, it's like I did, I played tennis Saturday morning. So Sunday, I was just sharing what happened with a friend of mine. And Frank said to me, he goes, well, you were aggressive to her. And I said, Frank, you were nowhere near me. You were on the bench. He was like 100 feet away when I had that conversation. Nobody was near me because that was one of the things that bothered me. Nobody came to my back. Nobody helped me. It was me who was having this conversation about who would get off the court. Hopefully you're following all this because I'm not giving names. So the other girl I was playing with, really not sharing names, she turns around. She goes, what are you going to get into a fight with Frank now? Now, let me tell you something about this other girl. There are people that won't play with her because she has an explosive personality. She's exploded on me once over something I didn't do. And I just, she does it a few times and I just keep my mouth shut because I like her. I really do like her actually. I like playing with her and I understand she's just having some struggles with her emotions. So, but she, she stopped the, she got involved in the conversation. I didn't get to say to Frank, look, you really weren't there. You're just labeling me because of Thursday, because of um, the time with the dogs. And I knew that was going on. Now, this is the hard thing about being a super conscious person, which I was talking to the therapist about. When you're super conscious and you're super sensitive and you kind of have an awareness of things, it's very hard to manage conversations sometimes because I could, I know what people are thinking. I know what they're feeling. I know what's going on. I'm reading the energy of the space. And now I've got to show up like a human being in this experience when I'm having this multidimensional conversation with myself. And then I have to decide in the moment, is this a human being that I can have this conversation with? Will they be able to receive it? Will they be able to hear it? Is this a conversation worth having? So that opportunity got taken away. Frank's actually a really nice guy. I don't have, I wasn't, I, I recognized it in the moment that, you know, I always recognize this is about me. So Frank said, yeah, you know, I tend to give up the court too soon. I don't fight for it. I did that once and I regretted it. So he was starting to reveal his own personality about how he doesn't really stand up for himself. It was a fascinating day. So I went and started playing and he was my partner and he was being super nice to me because I think he could tell. And I was fine. I didn't hold it against him because I'm not going to do that. If I have a problem with him, I'll pull him aside and have a conversation with him so that we could have a clear, that's what I like to do. I don't like, unless I can, if I can't release it on the court with the person, then I'll have, then I say something to them in a very nice way. And I really do because I've learned how to do this. So it was fine. Frank was fine and everything. But Here's the moral of the story, and this is what we're going to do a reading on. During the game, I was still in my head working it out because I had to work it out, right? And I wasn't, um, so I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I had a therapy session Saturday. Now, this thing that happened with Frank was on Sunday when he said that thing to me. And during my conversation with this new therapist, we, I recognized I have also have issues with my family I'm heading back to New York. And um, my brother, who I do not get along with, who's caring for my mother, started in again with me. And we could all sit here at a dinner table and we can say, my brother's right, I'm right, this one's right, that one's right. One thing I've learned is we don't get into right or wrongs, but it's not okay for me. 
That's what I need to, like, those are my boundaries. This isn't okay for me. So I had said to my brother in a very um, neutral way, I am choosing not to interact with you. This is when I'm going to be there. And if we run into each other, just know that I'm going to leave. My other brother's like, why do you need to say that? I'm like, because I need that boundary put into place. Because I know that if I don't do that for myself, I'll be in the apartment. He'll show up. And if I don't have a clear boundary that is written for me, I have a harder time leaving the situation. So I, it just helps me, right? And I didn't say it in a mean way. I said, I'm sure we both don't want to have a disagreement. So I'm just letting you know I'm going to leave the situation. So my brother, other brother, who was, you know, trying to help me out, I said, look, I, I respectfully, you know, thank you so much. I know that you're trying to help me, but this is what I need to do. But I do want you to know I realize you're trying to help me. And he, he backed off. He's like, okay, I get it. You have to say this. What the therapist and I came up with is in my family, and many of you may relate to this, I am only loved based on conditions. I... If I performed a certain way, I was loved. If I didn't perform a certain way, I wasn't loved. So this is my mother, my father, my brothers. This is, you know, school teachers, right? So the therapist brought to my attention that when I stand in my power, people leave. Because if I stand in my power and I speak out, people will walk away. And then I think I'm crazy. Like I'm the crazy one because I'm speaking out. I'm sure that some of you relate to this because I wrote a post in my membership program and I wrote a post on my personal Facebook page about this and, and people were commenting. Some of you may not relate to this. You may have dealt with all of this so well and you know, great, that is so wonderful. For those of you who, whether you relate to it or not, you may be like, yeah, I went through this, Marilyn, and I, I got through it. Like um, a few people were sharing that and it's it's been easy and, I, and I'm like, wow, good for you. So I woke up. It was actually Sunday morning before I went into the court and had that thing with Frank. And I was like, it doesn't matter who loves me with conditions or not. It matters that I love myself unconditionally, no matter what. Because I have friends that love me unconditionally. I am strong. I am, I speak my mind. Um, I, but most of my really, really good friends, they know that about me and they love me for it. And just like I love them for things too. So if I ever say anything that is, I don't say things that are offensive because they know that I love them so much and that's why I say things. Like I have one friend that's always getting into a little bit of trouble with certain situations and I'm very honest with her, but it's because I love her and she knows it and she'll laugh and be like, yeah, you're totally right. I remember I had a, um, I was moving to California when I first was moving here. My friend was, Kari was, um, helping me bring one of the cats over and she was driving up to uh uc davis i believe it was to look at the veterinary school and i was like oh i'll go with you and everything and then i looked it up and it was like five hours away and i left her a message and i was like i'm not going with you it's five hours away and she told the story to someone next to me and she's like it was hilarious she like found it so funny because i'm so blunt that she thought it was hilarious. She's like, yeah, I get this message from Marilyn, like, forget it, I ain't going with you. It's five hours away, you know, and I'm sure my Brooklyn accent was so much deeper back then. And I recognized then in that moment, that was many, many years ago, it was like 15 years ago, however many years I've been here now, 20 years ago. Um, And I appreciated her for finding the love for me and my bluntness. And I got to a, a, a mirror into myself too at that moment. I was like, oh yeah, I'm really blunt. I, you know, sometimes people don't know how to take that. So 
this has been an incredible lesson for me because I'm sitting here, you know, I'm entering to another stage of therapy and I'm sitting here within a volcano of emotions inside of me, getting ready to go back east um, soon to see my mother who I haven't been able to see because of COVID. And it's, it's a difficult situation to begin with. And, um, and recognizing living in Marin and I, you know, not always being welcomed with open arms. The people here, they think that, um, they, they label me as, um, they take my strong traits and my direct energy and to them, it's a negative experience. So I have to be comfortable with myself. Whenever I speak with someone, I can tell you honestly, it is from a place of love. I am not, I, I don't want discomfort. I don't, I would never want to hurt another human being ever. Um, so it, I can't worry about what people think about me. I can only show up and be who I am. So on the court Sunday, when all of this was showing up, because another thing happened, this is where synchronicity takes place. And hopefully you're following all this. So I had the appointment with the therapist. So the thing happened with the girl on Thursday where she told me to dial it back, right? And I was really uncomfortable. And I knew that like nobody had my back in the conversation and everybody just, they they ran away like roaches, you know, when I was having the, like whose court was first. And then I was the one who was in my emotions. And again, they ran away like me, from me from like roaches. I'm like, what goes on? I'm at, like in my emotions and people are so uncomfortable when I'm in my emotions. Like what is going on here? I don't remember what happened. Oh, Friday, the, the young girl was there, the daughter, and I didn't say anything. And I, you know, I'm proud of myself for doing that. I, it wasn't even a thought in my mind to do it. I wouldn't do something like that to somebody's kid. And then um, Saturday, I had the session with the therapist. And then I was walking around a town and I was, there's little water fountains with doggy bowls. And I was giving the dogs water. And I heard this girl walk by with her friend and she's like, oh, I found my mask. She goes, I love myself for finding it. And then she said, you know what? I always love myself. And it's moments like that where you listen. And I knew like when I heard her say that, and I almost said to her, good for you, which it's normal for me. I talk to everyone, but I didn't say anything. And I went, mm, that's interesting. She, wa she always loves herself. And then I think it was Saturday night I watch YouTube sometimes before I go to bed. I watch like healthy YouTube things. And I was watching this guy, his name escapes me right now, but he um, was telling the story of his drug addiction. And it was a really, really deep story. And he apparently speaks all around the place with school at schools and everything and helps a lot of kids. And uh, he said, because there was this one girl in the front row and the four girls were wearing purple shirts. You may know the story. And he was sharing his story about his drug addiction and everything. And she raised her hand and she got up and she said, you know, my friends and I have a sober promise that we're so we stayed sober. The day we entered into the school, we promised each other we'd stay sober. That's why we're wearing purple shirts. And the auditorium of kids started laughing at her and she sat down and started crying. And he said, um, I wish I loved myself as much as you love yourself, to do that for yourself. So there again, the theme was loving yourself, loving yourself, loving yourself. So, and then I woke up Sunday morning with, it's more important that I unconditionally love myself. And I do love myself. I don't 
think that I would do what I do for a living and the way I show up in my life and take the risks that I take. But there's always another level of loving, I feel, or there's another evolution. And I have had been having insecure moments lately. And I talked to the therapist about those insecure moments. And I recognize today that they're vulnerabilities. My insecure moments are actually me feeling vulnerable. And there's nothing wrong with feeling vulnerable. So all of this added up to that comment from Frank on Sunday. And for me being able to work it out inside of me and unconditionally loving myself in the moment, because I did get mad at him right away. I was like, what? You weren't even there. You weren't even standing near me. Like it, it felt like my brother, you know, labeling me. And um, Frank and I are fine. He's totally fine. He's a really nice guy. His really has nothing to do. Thank you, Frank, for delivering the message, you know. But I hadn't worked it out. And in the moment on the tennis court, this is what synchronicity does for me. And this is how quick I can um, simultaneous heal, I call it. I went through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, therapist, daughter, uh, water fountain, girl saying this, guy speaking about addiction, girl in the audience, waking up unconditionally love. Ah, Here's a moment I get to unconditionally love myself. Thank you. So what I want to do with all of you today is I want to take us through a tarot reading. And I pulled out the major arcana cards. There's 22 major arcana cards. They all represent uh, an archetype. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to shuffle the cards. And what I want to do before I go into the reading, and I'm going to do this with you because I like doing things sometimes real time with you guys. I want you to think about unconditionally loving yourself. Now, maybe you, like I said, you're already there, which is wonderful. I celebrate all people at all levels of their life, but maybe there's a risk that you want to take in your life, or maybe there's something new that you're doing, or maybe there's a certain way that you're standing in your power. I mean, what a perfect example for me that I stood in the power. I said something to Frank and got backlash from the other girl but yet, and it wasn't backlash, it is, it's just what it is, and was able to still stand in the power of who I am and unconditionally love myself. Now, take that to bigger moments in your life, right? Take that to the risk you want to take or um, just acknowledging yourself. So think about something that you really want to make happen in your life. Maybe it's that book you want to write or it's falling in love or it's... Uh, something that makes you feel vulnerable too and scared. And we're going to ask the cards what you need to do to unconditionally love yourself through those moments of taking the risk so that you can feel empowered in your choices and also have a deeper understanding of yourself because that's what the cards are going to show. Major Arcana cards are going to definitely show what um, traits inside of you need to get turned on, what needs to get turned off. I don't know what the reading's going to be. I'm going to shuffle and see which ones come out. And just sit with the question. Everybody, I'm going to do this. Let me slow it down. Think about something you really desire. Now, mine is doing, I'm going to take you through my example, I think. Yeah, because sometimes that helps. Mine is doing my second podcast. So I shared the story last week. It was very vulnerable for me. Thank you, Celia. She uh, wrote me an Instagram um, and she's writing a story about rev revolutionary women. I don't want to tell too much about her. But I think she would be fine with me saying this. And she wrote me a beautiful message saying, thank you for your, I heard your vulnerability in it. And I understand it's hard to find your voice. I'm doing the same thing. And I just want to support you through it. It was such a beautiful message from her. So thank you. So mine is my second podcast, Unconditionally Loving Myself, Having the Courage to Do It, Standing in My Power to Tell This Story. 
a story that there are going to be people out there going, this chick's crazy, or my own family's going to say that. That's okay, because I'm kind of detached from them. So think about the thing you want to do. And what is that insecurity that's coming up or that place that you're not loving yourself unconditionally? Maybe you don't know what that place is, but just let's take a moment and ask your guides, ask spirit, ask your higher self, whichever you feel comfortable with, where do I need to unconditionally love myself? So just take a moment now to do that. so that I could see this through or so I could take this risk or so I could show up in my life and be vulnerable. And don't worry if you don't know what I said. Okay, so now let's pull some cards and let's see what spirit wants us to know about unconditionally loving ourselves. So they're gonna give us spaces and stages. So I'm, I'm going to shuffle the way I do it is I shuffle the deck until it tells me and my throat chakra is kind of shutting down a bit. So I'm going to just go there for a second. The cards, I just cleared them, but they may not be fully clear. So I'm going to spray myself, spray the cards. Um, the throat chakra is about, obviously, it's your power center, right? It's speaking powerful to yourself and speaking powerful out into the world. It's something that's kind of gotten me in trouble in my life, having my voice. Uh, maybe it's gotten you in trouble or maybe you've swallowed your words so much and, and that's gotten you in trouble because what I shared with my community was like I had so much anger running through me on Thursday night that it woke me up and I was like, I'm not going to have this stuff sit in my body because that's where illness comes. Like I'm not allowing that. So you can tap it out. You can run it out. You can, running was a big thing for me, you know, at one time. Um, I got on the Peloton. You could do yoga. You could do breathing. Um, you could do EMDR. And there's so many things you could do. To map. You can pound your pillow. You could scream. You can write something. Okay. They're showing me the number three before I go into this. They're also showing me the magician card. I don't know if I'm going to pull that one. That's about having all the, and that's not the number three card, but because the number three is Empress, I believe. Um, that's about having all the tools that you need. The magician card is all about having all the tools that you need, that you have everything inside of you. Okay. Yeah, it's now. Okay. So the first card is the star card. The star card is number 17 in the deck. Um, I'm going to read this card just based on what spirit wants me to see. So they're showing me the mountain in the background. By the way, I use the Rider Weight deck, R-I-D-E-R-W-A-I-T-E. -E. It's what I learned on. It's the most, it's, it's the most universal deck. Um, so it feels to me like a lot of people can learn on it really easily. And it also translates to other decks because a lot of other decks follow the major arcana and the minor arcana. Spirit's showing me the mountains in the distance and they're making me feel like they're showing me the star above the mountain. They're making me feel a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of a lack of breath. Now, remember, this is a reading for everybody. So think about your question. The star card has come up. It's number 17. And what Spirit wants all of us to know is that it ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river wide enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from getting to you. Keep me getting to you. So what Spirit is wanting us to know is that this is, you know, we don't want the mountains between us, our own hearts. 
So if we're, if we're closing down our throat chakra, if we're closing down our voice, if we're closing down our empowerment because we're afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to feel insecure, we're afraid to do something, we're keeping ourselves, we're, we're creating a mountain between ourselves, our own heart. We're creating like a river between ourselves and change is what they said. So they want us to know that if the mountain feels like it's in the distance, don't worry, you're going to get there because the, there's a star there for you. There's something there for you that's going to open up another chakra. It's going to open up another way of being another open up another light so you have to move forward so that you continue to walk in the light and he, they're showing me the flowing water because she has jugs of water and the water is going in it's making a rippling effect in it and, and water in tarot can represent unconsciousness so what unconsciousness needs to come to the surface that can be extremely uncomfortable thank you in order to allow you to have the courage to move forward and to unconditionally love yourself so what they're saying to me is the unconsciousness, like when I went into this new therapy now, I'm pulling up some stuff from my past that's uncomfortable, but it's okay because I know that it's going to make the way to the mountain, the mountain that I want to stand on, the mountain that I want to share from, the mountain that I want to storytell from. So they're saying like you have to trust and breathing is going to be super good for everybody to get into the breath, to get into the inhaling and the exhaling. Um, I read this great poem. I'm going to actually stop this so I can share this with you. I don't know the name of it, but it's John Rodell. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. And uh, Kim in SFA, Soul Finder Academy, shared it. It was beautiful. And it's about how his heart and his brain are in disagreement. And he um, starts talking to his gut finally. And his gut's like, go into your lungs. And he's like, my lungs? Why am I going to go to my lungs? And I want to get, this is not me. This is John Rodell. It's absolutely beautiful. So I want to get to this part about going into your lungs. Um, it says, your lungs are the perfect place for you. There's no yesterday in your lungs. There's no tomorrow there either. There's only now. There's only inhale. There's only exhale. There's only the moment. There's only breath. And in that breath, you can rest while your heart and head work their relationship out. So there's more to it. And his name is John Rodell, R-O-E-D-E-L. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. I cannot take credit for any of that. It was absolutely beautiful. So spirit is letting us know, like, go into the breath, because when we go into the breath, we're reminded that we're present, we're here, we're loved. I was listening to Iana Van Zant, hopefully I'm saying her name right, and I was because I woke up at 2.30 in the morning last night, or 1.30, and I went to a Super Soul Sunday. I always let spirit take me to where they want me to go, and she was talking about her relationship with God. Oprah was talking to her about her book, Trust. And she's like, God is in my breath, you know, God, I, I, I'm butchering her words. So our breath reminds us that we are divine energy and that we are here for a reason and that that mountain is not that far off. It's spirits like it's one breath away. It's one breath away. It's one breath away. So let's see the next card that they want me to pull. And it's the hermit card, which is great. So I'm going to do a three tarot, three card uh, reading. So the star card is about the past, usually, if I do a three card reading. So what they want you to know is if it's representing past, it's representing maybe the struggles that you're having. Maybe you ha didn't have great experiences in the past and you're afraid to courageously take that step out again. Or there's something from your past that's shameful, that's not allowing you to unconditionally love yourself. Well, it's one breath away. Every breath, you can learn how to love yourself. Every breath, you can just say, I love myself unconditionally. I love myself without condition. So the middle card is the hermit card, and that's in the present position. Now, the hermit card is number nine in the tarot deck, and he's standing on a um, thing of ice. Now, whenever we see ice um, in a dream or in the cards, for me, it's about frozen destiny. It's like you're not believing your destination. But what I'm really taken to in this card is the lantern. He's holding the lantern. 
and he also has a yellow staff. The hermit card, when it shows up, is usually means that you need to go within and take your path. You need to really travel your path. So what this card is suggesting to everybody who is learning how to unconditionally love themselves as they go on this courageous path is to really stop the noise, the outside noise, and really go back into the breath and breathe with Mother Earth. Breathe with whatever source energy is for you and remind yourself the wisdom of who you are. You know, everything that you need is inside of you. And because everything that you need is inside of you, you don't need to separate and go outside of yourself right now. You don't need to look at other people's labels of you or their definition of you or, or how they love you. You need to go inside and sit with your own inner wisdom right now and meditate. And where is that light living inside of you, Spirit asks? Where is it? Is it in your heart? Is it in your gut? Is it in your throat? Where is that light? Maybe it's in your whole body. And breathe into that light. Because when you breathe into the light, you give it power to live. You give it power to grow. And then the nine is about a cycle ending. So it's about, it's also a soul number for me. And that means that everybody who's listening to this, whenever they're listening to it, this is a very big soul's journey time right now. And this is the time where spirits like you want to carve out this time for yourself. You want to take the time for yourself. You want to evolve. You want to learn. You want to grow. And then you want to be committed in the steps that you're taking and make sure that the steps that you want, they're being birthed from inside of you. Not because it's the right thing to do because so-and-so said so. It's because it's the right thing for you. And you hold up the light to where you want to go. So let's see what the future card says. It may not be a great card. We'll see what it says. Oh, it's the Wheel of Fortune. Okay, so the future card, I had a feel. I was afraid, I thought, I wasn't afraid. I thought maybe I'd get the devil card and I'd be like, okay, so it'll be interesting to see what it says. So the Wheel of Fortune is number 10 in the deck and the Wheel of Fortune can be a little topsy-turvy, right? So it could also represent ups and downs, ups and downs. And Spirit's like, that's all part of life. Like, why are people afraid of the ups and the downs? Why don't people just learn that that's part of the journey and navigate the path accordingly? Now, the beautiful thing with Spirit just saying that to me right now is I'm taken to the snake in the card, which is about transformation and it's about change. And there's also a lot of, if you look at the card, there's, I can't remember each symbol in the card right now. There's the eagle, there's the... Uh, um, I can't remember what each one is, so I'm not going to even butcher it and say it. And they'll be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, I don't because I don't remember what they're, they're called. So anyway, um, but the, I know they all represent wisdom that is inside of us because they all represent a different type of wisdom that is um, uh, representative of all wisdom. Like the world card has got everything in it and the Wheel of Fortune has a little bit of representation there. There's the Sphinx that's sitting on top of the, um, the wheel. And it just feels to me like the sword is what I'm noticing. And swords are about thoughts. So it's cutting through your thoughts and it's trusting. But I'm also noticing like he's in the clouds. So it's like not going into fantasy, but grounding that wisdom, grounding the energy. So you're not doing the up and down energy. You're being a very practical way as you move towards your goal. So what that means is you're going on your journey. You're taking your chances. You're taking your risks. You're telling your story. You're doing whatever you need to do. And you're not just living in illusion, you're bringing the dreams into reality. And then you may hit a bump in the road and Spirit's like, don't worry about it. This card says everything you need that you need to learn for that bump in the road, just like I shared with my lesson, you just take a moment, you take some breath and you go inside and you find that lesson and you find that information. What are you trying to learn in the moment? What are they teaching in the moment? A lot of times people want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, oh, the, the universe, I've heard this before. The universe doesn't want me to have it. I'm like, what? No, maybe you don't want it. That's why you're saying the universe doesn't want you to have it. But if you still really want it, 
and there's a little bit of trouble, then you're getting a character building moment. So this card for me is saying, I'm going to pull another card just because I want to, um, is telling me that you just, you're going to hit some bumps. You're going to hit some great times, some beautiful times, and there's going to be some bumps and don't be afraid of it. That does not mean you have it. It's wrong. It just means that it's part of the cycle of life. Ah, the last card is the full card. So the full card, since I pulled a fourth card, it's a foundational card, but it's also letting me know that it's kind of like over um, seeing the entire reading is what it's allowing me to know. So the full card is one of my favorite cards. It's my personality card. And it is about taking naive risk. And he's either zero or 22 in the Major Arcana deck. What I'm brought to in this particular card is the white rose. And the rose is very significant to me because when you pray to St. Therese in the novena, uh, when the when the prayer comes true, you'll see roses or you'll smell roses or somebody will give you roses. And it's happened to me a couple of times and it's pretty amazing. And I watched it happen to my mother when I was younger. So the rose he's holding out to you is like, it's, it's not like what I'm hearing is it's not a miracle. It's like, it's your God-given right to want this, whether you like the word God or not, you can translate that to something else. And it's at your fingertips. Like he's showing me it in his fingertips. So you can have what you desire. And then also I'm hearing from spirit, but surrender because there might be something even more magical than you can imagine on this journey. But you're not going to know that if you stop, you're not going to know that if you stay in frozen destiny, like they bring me to the star card. If you're just staying with the unconscious thoughts, I've got to heal before I do it. I've got to have enough money before I do it. I've got to have this before I do it. They're like, no, that freezes your destiny. And that keeps you in a cycle of the up and down wheel and not understanding why you're going up and down. Instead, trust that you're on a, a journey of learning and allow yourself to enter it with breath and trust and opening up your chakras and knowing you're the star. Allow yourself to be the inner guru of the hermit card. Remember that you have what you need and life is just like that up and down. And remember why you're taking the risk in the first place. Remember why you're doing the courageous thing and love yourself through it. So I leave that with all of you. The one thing I am going to say is he's holding a stick with a satchel on the end of it. And spirit wants me to ask you what's in that satchel. So I believe I'll have, um, I'll put that up in Instagram so we could say we can continue this reading as a community. And uh, what's fun about that is you'll all give what you think is inside the satchel on the... <laughs> think I can have trouble saying that word, the purse on the end of the stick. Um, and it's by his feather, the fool's feather I love because that appears in other cards and it's about taking that risk. What's in that purse? And let's continue this conversation on Instagram. Okay, guys. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, if Remember, if you want to learn more about tarot, uh, you can go to marilynaloria.com forward slash tarot and you can put in the coupon code podcast and you can go and get that amazing class. It is, I teach all the minor arcana and I do it in bite-sized pieces. So you're not like, oh my goodness, I got to sit and listen to this an hour. No, it's like two minutes long um, or five minutes long, depending on which card it is. So I teach all the minor arcana. I teach the major arcana. Um, you have a PDF that goes along with it too. So you can journal even more about each card. And then, so it's a video and audio lesson, whichever way you want to listen to it. And then what there's a special lesson with that, how to do readings. So I teach you how to do readings and I teach you how to, I open space to readings and stuff like that. It's really great. Go check it out. All right, guys, I would love for you to rate, subscribe, review, share, 
this podcast. And thank you so much. Um, I thoroughly enjoy talking to all of you. It's it's like therapy for me to be able to like get it all out. So thank you. And I'm sending you a ton of love. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. Bye.